What's your favorite way to learn? I like graphic novels because I can see who's talking. My grandma reads the newspaper to me. I like movies on TV. I play learning games on my dad's tablet. I like reading plain old regular books with lots of detail. This is Worlds Awaiting, helping children read, write, see, speak, think, and listen. Here's our host, Rachel Wada. Among the many things I love to do, one of my favorites is knitting. I love the repetitive nature of the craft, and I find it a very relaxing pursuit. One of the things I don't like about knitting, however, is that sometimes it can be associated with one gender, making it something that girls can do, but boys can't. I find it sad that any group could be excluded from such a fun activity based on their gender. And I'll tell you, some of the most talented knitters I know are men. So to help break down this perceived gender barrier, I'd like to share with you today some great knitting books featuring men who knit. First up is Ned the Knitting Pirate by Diana Murray and illustrated by Leslie Lamley. Ned is a pirate who knits, and what could be better than that? Not only is Ned a boy, but who knew that knitting was an appropriate pastime for pirates too? Now, let me say that at first the other pirates don't think that it's right for pirates to knit or to wear fuzzy hats. But in the end, it's Ned's needles, balls of yarn, and skull trim applique that save the day. And what do you know? The other pirates find that knitting is really great after all. This is a fun story with a bouncy rhythm that shows that knowing how to knit may just be a life-saving skill. Another book that features a male knitter also shows just how critical knitting can be is Jessica Day George's fairy tale retelling of the 12 dancing princesses called Princesses at the Midnight Ball. In this book, Galen is a soldier returning from war who learned to knit out of necessity because how else is a soldier to keep his feet warm? Little does Galen know, however, that this is just the skill he needs to save the princesses from the king under stone. And without his magic knitting needles, he would not have been able to save the fair maidens. So now we know that knitting is something that may just save your life if your pirate ship is under attack or you have to dance each night until your slippers are worn. But since you most likely won't find yourself in that predicament, then know that knitting is a craft for everyone to enjoy, a fact that is proved by these two fun books straight from Rachel's World. Science and stars, dragons and knights, tigers and turtles, magic shoes and magic carpets, and even a crazy cat in a striped hat who drops in while your mother is out. All these can be found in books, exciting worlds and possibilities available to our children each time we lead them to read. Our first guest today, blogger Amy Johnson, mother of five boys, talks to Rachel about why literacy and reading is so important to her as a mom. An avid reader herself, Johnson has established a pattern in her family in support of literacy. Her life goal is to make her boys as obsessed with books as she is. Judging from the dozens of books scattered all over her house, she has been successful so far. She blogs at Sunlit Pages about what she's currently reading to her children. Here's Rachel and Amy Johnson. We're in studio with Amy today. Welcome. Thank you so much. Amy, you are a mom who loves literacy. So tell us a little bit about why. What, why is literacy so important to you as a mom? Yeah, for so many reasons. Um, 
One of the biggest reasons that I feel like literacy is so important with our kids and so important to instill in our kids is because it opens up the world to them. Um, And I don't mean that just in a shallow way. I mean that, you know, it makes them think about things in a new way. It takes them different places so they can explore. They can literally explore the world um, by going to a different place, seeing a different culture through a book. Um, And it just opens up the possibilities to them, too. Like, what could I do? As I grow up, what what are my possibilities? And I think it gives them new options to think about. And um, I love it for that reason. Um, And I really think that literacy is the basis or foundation of all education. And um, so reading has always been very important to me with my kids to make sure that I'm reading to them. Um, But also, and I know that there are very different opinions about this, but I've taught my kids to read at fairly young ages because I'm just so excited for them to have those tools at their fingertips. And I haven't forced it. Um, I've definitely looked for signs that they're ready. But if they're ready, great. But another reason I feel like literacy is so important is that, and this might sound kind of funny, but it makes it so that they don't ever have a reason to be bored. And I love that. I love that once they have those tools, um, if they, you know, if we are at the doctor's office or um, waiting for something or on a car trip, they always can have a book to read and have something to do. And it's great for that because Kids, kids will be bored sometimes, and um, but reading makes it so that they always have something to do. Um, and then I also feel like literacy facilitates family bo- family bonding and togetherness because that has been such a great way for me to connect with my own kids and um, for us just to create family memories. And I I tell people this often, but for me. Reading a story together is as much a memory builder as going on a trip together because you are creating those memories and sharing those stories and remembering that then later on. You can always um, go back to those those things that you learned or thought that were funny or um, the exciting moments. And that's just such a great thing to share with our kids, I think. Those are extraordinary, and I cannot agree more with those because that really is foundationally, you know, some basic things that literacy provides for us. And and I think sometimes we don't recognize that, right? And I love the board thing. I, that, <laughs> that, that is amazing because I agree, you know, particularly in this day and age, there's so many things that kids can do. But oftentimes, you know, they don't see that and they don't see the kind of diversity of things. So maybe suggest for us some titles that are those – if my kid is bored, titles that, that, that you think your kids especially would you'd gravitate to if they're in that mode of, oh, I'm bored. What do I do? And you'd say, oh, read a good book. Here's a great one. What would be those? What would be those books? Right. Well, I know for my kids. So one of the, their favorite series and one that they have probably read, I don't know how many times that I may be a little embarrassed to admit that they always turn to these, but um, they're called the Bird and Squirrel series. I don't know if Love you've looked at series. them. I think they're by James Burke. They are, I mean, you can read them. I think each of my kids can read them in a half hour or less. They're fairly short and they're kind of um, graphic novel type books, but 
I mean, even my five-year-old today, um, he was going to have to spend some time with his aunt just as she was carpooling other kids. And I said, better take a book with you. Put a book in your backpack just so that you'll have something to read. And he pulled one of those books. And I thought, okay, that's probably the 10th time we've read that at least. But but that's great. I mean, he's enjoying it so much. Um, but yeah, other books that they've returned to um, that they can read, you know, fairly quickly. They love the Mercy Watson books by Kate DiCamillo. Those are so delightful. Those are wonderful. <laughs> so fun. So and, fun. And anything by Kate DiCamillo, actually, they like to return to. So let, let's talk a little bit about the the last thing you talked about then moving back is this sense of family bonding mm-hmm. and family connectiveness. So what are some of those books that you just love as a family? What are some of those family books that are like, if you were going to define our family, these would be the books that you would talk about. Right. Well, and one thing that I did want to mention is that reading aloud for us has been such a wonderful part of our family routine. And I feel like sometimes parents only read aloud to their kids until they can read on their own. And it's kind of like this way to, you know, get them to that point, get them excited about books. And then once they can read, they kind of send them off into the world of reading and um, shut that that part off. But for us, because it is such a part of our family culture and our family bonding and the way that we connect and the way that I really um, show love to my kids, um, I have no intention of stopping reading aloud Bravo. to them, even as they grow up. My oldest is eight and a half right now. And I mean, we still read aloud every night because that just provides such a great way for us to spend time together. And I think part of the reason, I mean, having four boys, boys are wild and rambunctious and very physical And so sometimes it can be hard for them to settle down and for me to have any real interaction with them. And books have provided that for us because every night they know around eight o'clock we will sit down and we'll read together. And it's a time for them to kind of cuddle up next to me and maybe one of the only times during the day where I actually get to just put my arm around them and have their head on my shoulder and and um And then talk to them because often what happens is we read and we read a chapter and then we finish and um, and then it's time for them to go to bed. But sometimes one of them will stay behind and talk to me about something that we were reading or just something that doesn't even have anything to do with with what we were reading. But because we are together right then and it's quiet and they feel like – um, they can trust me at that point. Um, it can open up some other discussions, which has been great. But getting back to your question about some of our favorite books that we've read together, um, I have to mention one series right now that we are currently in the middle of, and that is the Great Brain series by um, John Fitzgerald. Such a classic. <laughs> I love it. It is. And that has been fun because um, – my seven-year-old is a little bit like the great brain, actually. And so he's felt this connection with this character. But those books are also great because it's a family of boys, three boys. And um, they, you know, kind of tease each other and they get into little tussles and um, 
and they're always wrestling with their friends. Anyway, I just feel like my kids really relate to those characters, even though, you know, the book, I think, takes place um, like in the 1890s. So a long time ago, but still there's just something so universal about boys and um, they've really connected with those characters. So that has been really fun. Although at some points I'm like, "Mm, it's a good chapter for me to be sharing with you because I don't know if I want you to be thinking about this or jumping off things or (laughs) doing crazy things. Exactly. (laughs) So that one has been um, really fun for us. Um, Another one that we love, we love the Henry Huggins and the Ramona Quimby series by Beverly Cleary. And those are kind of like comfort books to us. So um, as we've read that, we have finished the Henry Huggins series, but we haven't finished the Ramona Quimby series. And that's been intentional um, just because we'll read other things and then we'll come back and read the next installment in that series because we just love those characters so much and it's so so nice to be able to come back to characters that feel kind of like coming home and um are like true friends to us and so so those have been great series um and then we we do have a little bit of a weird sense of humor. And so my kids love the role, anything by Roald Dahl. We've loved even books that I thought that they wouldn't like. Um, so obviously we loved Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's such a classic. But um, we were reading. Well, actually, my oldest read The Twits first and said, Mom, we have to read this book out loud. And I thought, okay. And I was a little surprised. I mean, that one's a little... It's a, <laughs> a little on it's the It's weird. Edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Most, most people don't understand how weird Roald Dahl yes. really is. I, You know, they, they think of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and they think of, you know, yes. you know, kind of the Gene Wilder version, movie version. But, you know, he really was kind of dark and weird. He was. <laughs> Which is fabulous. I yes. love it because of that. But the twits particularly. It is. But you, my kids loved that book so much. It was kind of funny how much um, they really just were entertained by that book. Um, so and then, oh, one of our recent favorite series um, is the Poppy series by Avi. Do you know? Wonderful. You know those ones? Yeah. 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 Particularly Ragweed has been a favorite. That that one was very exciting and it had some very exciting moments. But um, those, those books are about a little mouse named Poppy and her family and her friends. And she's always going on various... Um, I wouldn't even say adventures, but she's just always confronted with problems. And um, those books have some great villains in them, like an owl and rats and just, you know, villains that my kids can really get behind hating. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) We got to hate the villains. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that sense of that, you know. You read such an eclectic mix, and I love that. So I, I think some a question that I would like to know is you have an age range here, mm-hmm. right? You have four boys that are spanning the age ranges. And it's obvious that you read aloud to them things that some might not consider, you know, like – for that age range, right. right? So how do you pick books that, that meet the needs of kind of a range of readers in your family, particularly when you have, you know, as old as eight and as young as 
to you know yeah. starting to well mm-hmm. born in a few minutes born I'm like, <laughs> yeah, kind soon. of you know born soon so you you know you have from birth to eight how do you pick books that you think will appeal to that wide range of interests and in readers that's a really good question and I think that's a question that a lot of moms want to know because they also have kids that are falling into these different ranges. So yeah, right now we have four boys. They are two, five, seven, and eight. And um, so what I've done is, so obviously I started reading aloud with my oldest kind of by himself. And then the second one just kind of joined in when he wanted to. You know, he would hear us reading and the story would kind of sound a little bit interesting. And um and then he would just decide to stay. And the same thing happened with the third. And he, for a while, would listen to one chapter and then he'd go off with um, my husband and they would just read some picture books together. And then the next night he would decide to come and listen to a little bit more until now he he listens pretty much exclusively to whatever I'm reading aloud. So that's always been an option that if they didn't want to listen to that particular book, they didn't need to. And they could, and my husband would read something that was maybe more age appropriate to them. But the wonderful thing that I found with reading aloud is that um, my kids can handle more than they would be able to handle if they were just reading on their own. They can handle harder vocabularies, um, more complex sentence structure, because they're not having to figure it out for themselves. They can just listen and let it happen. And the great thing about reading aloud consistently is that it kind of builds up their ability to handle more and more. And I realized this recently because we were reading um, The Railway Children by E. Nesbitt. I don't know if you've read anything by her. Um, (laughs) Good good classic author. I love her. But also kind of difficult. Sophisticated vocabulary. They're older books. Yes. British as well. So there's that kind of dialect and British kind of things. And I would think a lot of people would think a five-year-old couldn't actually listen to that and enjoy it. Um, And I think I definitely would not recommend that as a first read aloud if you're just (laughs) starting out. But I'm saying as you are building up and you've read a variety of things and they've gotten used to just listening and, and coming up with the picture in their head and imagining that for themselves, I think that... They can handle more and more. And my five-year-old loved that book. But I think it's only because he'd heard so many books up to that point and kind of built up his listening fluency, if that's even a term. But It is. Had, <laughs> listening um, comprehension, listening yes. fluency. We've talked about that on the show before. Oh, good. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that they can handle so much and – really increase their vocabulary. Reading aloud is a great way to increase kids' vocabulary. I I love that sense, and I couldn't agree more. Our our listening comprehension is always greater than our reading comprehension, Mm -hmm. particularly when we're developing. So I think we can listen to things more advanced than we could read on our own. And I love this sense of, you know, just try it, you know, get into it. Have you, have you ever gotten into a book that you've been reading aloud and you've just decided not to finish it? Yeah. Or, so how do you deal with that? Yep, for sure. Sometimes um, it's that my kids can't, they, they just are not engaged with it at all. Um, 
sometimes it's that I'm not engaged with it. And I tell parents all the time, if you don't like a book, if you're not enjoying the read aloud experience, then you've chosen the wrong book and you should just put it aside and and move on to something else. Um, But yeah, sometimes we'll just say, this isn't working for us. We're just not enjoying it. And we don't love the characters. And we never can remember the characters when we start up again. And, um, and it's fine. It's fine to just let a book go if that happens. But we usually will give it a a good shot, you know, a good chance first before we abandon it. Um, We did have a book last fall that we were reading. I actually hated it. It was the Great Ghost Rescue, I think, by Eva Ibbotson. Oh, yeah. Um, but my kids loved it. So I stuck that one out for them. I said several times, do you want to continue listening to this or could we move on to something else? No, we love it. We love it. So we, I stuck it out for them. Good for I you. endured <laughs> because they were enjoying it so much. But <laughs> Well, I, I just love this sense of, you know, pick a wide variety, try things if it doesn't work, abandon it. And then also, you know, don't force it because, you know, if you had said to the five-year-old, you know, sit, you have to sit and listen to this right. book, he wouldn't love it. It's this more, you know, you can come and go as you please. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just something we share. And Join us when you're ready and all of these kinds of things. Such such a great example for our listeners out there of, of a great way to start their own reading aloud program exactly. at home. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Amy Johnson, mother of five boys, age eight down to newborn, talking about what she does to get her kids interested in reading, including daily reading aloud as a family. Now, we finish up with some children from Provost Elementary School in Utah who talk about some of their favorite books and book characters with Cole Wissinger, a member of the World's Awaiting Team. So I really like um, some books I like. is a series of Sammy Keys and a series of Unfortunate Events because they're books that you can really get lost in and be interested in. Well, I like the Percy Jackson series, Five Kingdoms and Trials of Apollo, also Harry Potter and Unwanted so far. Um, I also like Michael Bay, and I think that's it. I like to read mystery or magic books, fiction. Harry Potter. I like the author, how she like describes it. And how you feel like you're at Hogwarts and not reading about Hogwarts and its storyline. Some books I like are the Sisters Grimm series and Percy Jackson because they're very suspenseful and you can you can't really ever put them down. Do you have any favorite non like can you think of any nonfiction books off the top of your head? I like like it's interesting here at our school we have. Uh, a program where you can do a presentation on something and there's lots of books in our library that are non-fiction so you could do a presentation about a certain animal like a penguin or a famous bridge or mountain or a famous soccer player and so I think books that are about like things that interest people like what they like to do for fun and things like that. I think those are fun nonfiction books. What are some of your favorite characters in books? Like, who's who's your book hero? Um, they're all very different 
and in the sister's grim, Sabrina is, she always tries to escape from her foster parents, except for her sister doesn't really agree with her, and she tries to stay back, so they have very different personalities in there. Um, in Sammy Keys, I like how she's different than a lot of pe- other people. Like, she likes to skateboard, and she's kind of hardcore, and she's kind of a little bit tougher and has a different personality than most people. Well, in Percy Jackson, that would obviously be Percy, and the Heroes of Olympus, which is the second series of it. Either Percy or Jason, and then in Michael Vay, Michael, of course, and um, um, in Five Kingdoms, Cole, mostly the main characters, and they always um, get most of the adventure. I really like how with books can take you to another place or make you feel like, I guess, lost. And it can also help with learning. It can be entertaining. And they're just really helpful. Children from Provost Elementary sharing some of their favorite books and book characters. Thanks for listening to Worlds Awaiting. Tune in Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. and weekdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 143, on the TuneIn app, and at byuradio.org.